0: Welcome to the Prairie Heights podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Welcome, everybody. Gosh, it's so good to be together. If I haven't met you, my name is Beth, and I am, um, what would be the right word? I am anticipating with like a holy anticipation this Christmas season together. And many, 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 many months ago, we began planning this very series called Holy. And I'm going to be really transparent with you. And most people would tell me, don't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So many, many months ago, God just really like, Uh, honestly, it was before Easter last spring. And so our team was getting ready for Easter and we were getting ready for uh, what was to come for that celebration. And God began to stir in me what was gonna happen this Christmas. And I remember the day after Easter, I called our team in and I said, hey, we gotta start planning for Christmas. Here's what God gave me. And I'm so filled with holy anticipation because it's been stirring for so many months. And the transparent part is, I don't know, there's a lot I don't know about this series. There's a lot I don't know about the holiness that God wants for your life, but I know that he wants us to talk about this. I know that he wants us to wrestle with this idea of becoming more holy and I don't know why, and I don't know why right now, but I know that he has something really special for us because I can feel it in my spirit. And I pray that this Christmas, as we gather together week after week, and as you gather with people who are important to you, I pray more than anything else, that this Christmas could be a different Christmas season for you and you could become more holy Friends, am I wrong in assuming that we get so wildly distracted by so many things in the month of December? It's like we become animals or something. It's like all of a sudden we feel like we need all this stuff and our kids need all this stuff and we have to have the perfect meal planned for our family and everything needs to be just right and we lose our minds. And this Christmas, I want us to just take a deep breath, and I don't want us to lose our minds, and I definitely don't want us to lose our hearts, and I don't want us to lose our souls. In fact, I wonder what it would look like if instead we grew to become more holy this Christmas. This last week, I was scrolling on social media, and I came across this quote. It's from Louis Giglio, and he's A pastor in the Atlanta area, and he pastors a large multi-site church that reaches a lot of young adults and next generation. And one of the things that he said, and it scared me, he said this, he said, one of the scariest realities in life is that if you insist, if you insist, God will let you do it your way. I'm going to say that again. One of the scariest realities in life is that if you insist, God will let you do it your way. It's called free will, friends. We get to choose. We get to choose how we live our life and live our life towards Jesus or not, and our life is filled with decisions of which way to go, right? Our life is filled with decisions of this way or that way or filled with moments where we can tell the truth, where we can let out the sin that's been ravaging our, our lives, or we can keep it hidden. Our life is filled with these moments where we can follow what I want and have my way, or we can follow God's way. Every day we get to wake up and say, I'm gonna, am I gonna trust me more? my ability, my knowledge, my skill, my talent, or am I gonna trust God more? Am I gonna step outside my comfort zone and trust him more? So as we flip the calendar into December and we begin to anticipate this Christmas celebration, I want us to center our lives around Jesus Christ. I want us to become more holy. And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ yet, I pray that through this next month that you consider what your life would be like with Jesus in it. That you would consider what it might be like to receive the greatest gift, the most holy gift of all time, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you would consider that. And I want you to know, like you don't need to know anything. You don't need to have your life together. You don't have to... Like, make sure that you remove some stuff and add some stuff before you receive Jesus Christ into your life. It's a free gift that you don't have to earn. And I would love it if you would consider that throughout this month. And maybe today's your day. Maybe it's sometime during the week where you would receive that gift. Or sometime this month. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, I pray that through this next month, you identify the areas in your life where you are trusting yourself over trusting God. That you are trusting in your own stuff over trusting God. And here's what I'm gonna call us to. I'm gonna call us to be like full-time followers of Jesus Christ, not (laughs) part-time. Not part-time clock in, clock out. Not part-time where we, we are followers of Jesus with these friends, but when we hang out with these friends, we're not followers of Jesus we're followers of Jesus when we show up on Sunday and we smile at people and we grab coffee and we high five them, but when we go home, we're not followers of Jesus. I'm gonna call us friends to be holy, that we would be full-time followers of Jesus Christ. And so today we're starting that new series called Holy. In fact, in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, here's what it says, it says, but just as he, Jesus, who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Because Jesus Christ is the most holy that you and I would be holy. Uh, I'm gonna read from the Amplified translation. It like amps it up a little bit. It gives us context, helps us understand maybe a little bit more. Same exact scripture, a few different words. Here's what it says. But like the holy one, who is Jesus Christ, who called you. Be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, because it is written, you shall be holy, which means set apart. Your life as a follower of Jesus Christ should be set apart. For I am holy. So this road ain't easy. (laughs) This road of holiness is not easy. Holiness means to be set apart. It means to be different. It means to trust God over trusting yourself. And so the question that we're gonna ask ourselves this month is, does your life reflect your belief in Jesus? Does your life reflect your belief in Jesus? Are there moments in your life you can point to where you made a very clear choice to trust God over trusting yourself? Are you in a spot like right now where you feel the tension of whether you should keep doing what you've always done and keep finding yourself in the same spot on the inside, hoping for these voids to be filled? Or are you in a spot where you're ready to try something different? You're ready to trust someone above yourself, like with your whole life, not just with little pieces, not just with little moments, but with your whole life, with your whole life. And what if you made a commitment to become more holy this Christmas? What if you became more holy this Christmas? Why should this matter to you? Why should this, why should this topic even matter to you and your life? Well, I wonder um, has pride or ego ever pushed you into overcommitment, into overproduction, into overcontrol? Has doubt and uncertainty stopped you from making progress in your life? Are you sick and tired of waiting? Like, are you just tired of waiting? You're like, I get it, God's plan, but I'm just waiting, I don't know what it is. And so you're like, I'm just gonna take back control because I'm sick and tired of waiting and I've been praying and God hasn't answered or he hasn't made it clear. And so I'll just do my own thing until I hear from God. I'm just tired of waiting. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've absolutely been there. You know, if you haven't been at Prairie Heights over the past several weeks, we just wrapped up a series called Everyday Armor. And part of the end of that series, we received a bunch of prayer requests, and I uh, don't know exactly, but it's got to be around 500 or so prayer requests. And the top five, when we looked at all the themes, the top five prayer requests of our church family, number one family, number one like 140 some people are praying about something in their family. The second one was anxiety and worry. The third one was growing in faith. The next one was self-worth and the last one is doubt. And so as I think about our church family and I think about the message of holiness, and I think about the things that we're going through. I've sat with several prairie hiders over the last several weeks and I have heard heart-breaking stories, heart-breaking medical stuff, heart-breaking marriage stuff. Like I know that there's a lot of hurt that's happening in our lives. And I wonder what it would look like, friends, to trust God in those circumstances over trusting ourselves. And so over the next three weeks leading into Christmas, I hope that you'll realize that you are not the only one. You are not the only one who struggle with doubt, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed or underqualified. What we're gonna do is we're gonna seek hope from some biblical heroes like Moses and Joseph and David. And each one of those people, they face these like fork in the road moments. Fork in the road moments where they needed to decide, should I trust myself or should I trust God? And I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert here. They all trusted God. That's why we call them biblical heroes. And here's the thing is that what we are gonna focus on is how God formed their character through the journey and the story. And by trusting him, they all became more holy. Holy. And you want to know what happened? Each of them plays such a significant role in the story of God. Like they became these heroes of faith, and they lead all the way into the Christmas story, where we're going to celebrate the most holy gift of all, which is Jesus Christ. And on Christmas, we're going to celebrate the story of Mary's surrender and Mary's sacrifice and her following God's plan for her life. But today, we're going to talk all about Moses. We're gonna talk about Moses' story. And to give you some context of the timeline, we're gonna jump right in. Um, If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get ready. Uh, We're gonna read quite a bit of scripture today. You can take out the notes on the Prairie Heights app as we get into the story. And Moses, just to give you an idea of the timeline, Old Testament, you've got Abraham, you've got Isaac, you've got Joseph, and then in Exodus is where we learn about Moses and his story. Okay, and maybe when you hear of Moses, you think nothing because you've never heard of Moses <laughs> and that's okay. Or maybe when you hear of Moses, you're like, he's the 10 commandment guy, right? And yep, you're right. <laughs> he is the guy who God gave the 10 commandments to. But that wasn't the beginning of his story. And so I wanna give you some cliff notes of Moses' story. In the time that Moses was born, a Pharaoh, he instructed all the people, to kill any boys that were born from Hebrew women. And so Moses' mother, who was Hebrew, wanted to make sure that Moses lived, so she made the toughest decision a mother could ever make, no matter the situation, and she saved his life by sending him away. She actually put together uh, leaves, put mud on it, and put her baby inside of that and down a river. Can you can you imagine? And you're thinking, like, good luck. The heartache of letting go so that he can be so that he can live. And a little while later, this baby was, was picked up and Moses was adopted, and he grew up with many privileges he wouldn't have otherwise had. Either he would have been dead, he would have been killed or because he was Hebrew, he would have been a slave. But instead, because of his, through his adoption, he was Egyptian royalty. And so he grew up with a lot of privileges. We don't know exactly, Scripture doesn't say exactly when Moses realized who he really was and his, his actual heritage. Um, but what, when he realized that he was Hebrew and not Egyptian, You can imagine the tension that he was feeling as the Egyptians had all these slaves who were Hebrews and they were so abusive to them, so criminal to them, so violent to them. And one day Moses was out um, in the field and in those areas where an Egyptian guard was beating a Hebrew man and Moses went up and he killed the Egyptian. He murdered the Egyptian and then he fled. He fled the the very area in Egypt that he grew up. And so now Moses is a murderer and a fugitive. He hid his identity in his new life while building a family. And then one day, one day, as I share this story about Moses, have you ever had a moment where it was like, and then one day? And then one day, something changed. And then one day, I received Jesus into my life. And then one day I decided to commit to fill in the blank, whatever that might be for you. One day, one day God shows up in a burning bush. And that was one of Moses' fork in the road moments that we're gonna unpack today. We're gonna look through that in scripture. And Moses had a choice to stay put and trust himself or to trust God. He could have stayed comfortable. He was overseeing a flock in Midian, and he could have just stayed comfortable with his life, going on with his life. But one day, God showed up, and Moses had a choice to make. And as he chose to trust God and become one of the major heroes of our faith, like he's in the hall of fame of our faith. We read that throughout scripture, and that's why you might be familiar with the name Moses. It's like he's the goat, the greatest of all time, like Michael Jordan. Or LeBron James, depending on how old you are. You might have some other candidates in there. But Moses was like this hall of fame. He is one of the hall of fame heroes of our faith. And he had a choice. He could have stayed comfortable with his life. But he didn't. See, Moses made a choice to trust God. God. And as we read the point in the story where God called Moses to lead, I want us to pay attention to how Moses responded. And as you do and you place your story and your life into Moses' story today, I want you to think about how would you have responded? And then we're gonna ask at the end, how are you going to respond? Because God meets all of us in different ways. And so uh, here we go, Exodus 3, we're gonna look at verses two and four. It'll be on the screen as well, but feel free to follow along where you can circle some things, you can underline some things. Here it says, there uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, huh, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? Would you? I don't know, verse four. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses! And Moses said, here I am. So in those couple of verses, here's what we recognize. Moses saw the burning bush. Moses thought, huh, why is that not engulfed in flames? And so he got closer. And then Moses responded to God's voice and he said, here I am. When's the last time you saw or heard, and I don't mean audibly, I mean through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, through other people in your life, you saw God at work you saw God moving and you thought, I'm gonna get closer to that. I'm gonna move closer to that. And I'm gonna respond to the voice of God in my life by saying, here I am, here I am. Let's keep going in the story. Exodus three, five through six, God says, do not come any closer. Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. In this moment, God is making himself, um, God is holy, and he's letting Moses know that I am holy. You are standing on holy ground, which requires reverence. And so Moses experienced the holiness of God in that moment. And he couldn't even look at him out of reverence and out of awe because God was so, is so great. As you process your relationship with Jesus Christ and your view of God, are you in reverence of God? Do you see him with awe? Do you understand the power and the authority that God has in your life? See, Moses' heart was tender in this moment, meaning he was leaning in and he's like, okay, I'm going I'm to hear what you have to say, God, and you are greater and I will serve you. So Exodus 3, 7 through 8, it says this, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. What God is saying is he said all these years that the Israelites have been crying out, please save my people. Israelites and Hebrews are the same. So if I go back and forth, they're the same. Israelites, Hebrews. The Lord is saying like, I have heard my people crying out. And I'm listening, and I've come with an answer. In verse eight, the Lord says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Put yourself in Moses' position. Okay, remember his story. He grew up as an Egyptian, uh, in Egyptian royalty. And then he realized that he was actually Hebrew and he watched as the suffering was continuing. He murdered one of the Egyptians. He fled and he was living a very comfortable life. Yet, I'm sure he was torn about what was happening to his people in Egypt. And the Lord is coming and the Lord says, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land. And I'm sure Moses is like, yes! the Lord has come, finally. He's coming and he's gonna save my people. I think this might be my favorite verse in the Bible coming up right now in this season of my life. Verse 10, then the Lord looks at, or through the burning bush, then the Lord says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Mic drop. Can you imagine that moment where God is like, I have come down to save, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I'm here to save. I've heard the people's cry. And then, whoo, plot twist. Now you go. My plan is you. Have you been there? Or you've been wrestling with something? You've wanted something to be different. And God said to you, it's you. I'm calling you to go. But Moses says to God, in response, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses doubted his own ability. Immediately, Moses' response was he doubted his ability to do the very thing that God was calling him to do. Uh, Lisa Turker, she's another speaker and author In the Christian uh, culture and Christian world, um, she talks about having great boundaries. She talks about following God and and dealing with loneliness in your journey. And here's one of the things that um, she said in one of her books. She said, God has a good plan in mind, but it's probably not going to look anything like that one of your own design. That's what Moses is going through. Moses is like, how'd this happen? It's a fork in the road moment. And we're gonna keep walking through this scripture because I want you to hear how Moses begins to keep telling God, I'm not your one. I'm not the one. You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. Exodus 3, 12 through 14. Here's what God responded when Moses said, hey, not me. Like I'm not the one to bring my people out of Egypt. Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You will worship God on this mountain. Uh, Moses responds back to God and says, "Uh, okay, okay, let's play this out, God. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And then God responds to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. See, and God continues to instruct Moses in scripture and he's like, I'm gonna give you these ways and these miracles to tell them that I'm the one who sent you. Exodus 4 verse 1, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? See, Moses keeps on with the excuses. He keeps on. He's like, okay, not me. Well, what if they ask who sent me? Okay, good answer, but what if they don't believe me? Then the Lord gave Moses three miracles and signs to perform to help the people believe that the Lord had sent him. Exodus 4, 10 through 13. Hang with me here, hang with me as we keep going through how Moses is interacting with this call that God has on his life to become more holy. Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow to speech and tongue. Again, Moses is like, "Hey, I'm not qualified." Uh, some say they don't know that Moses had a, a speech impediment. He's like, "I can't go lead people. What are you talking about? I can't go do this." And the Lord said to Moses, "Moses, come on, buddy. Like, who gave human beings their mouths? What, what the Lord is saying is like, "I know. I made you. I know." And I want you to recognize as we're walking through Moses' story, all the excuses that you have for not following God's plan and purpose for your life. God's like, I know. I know you struggle with that. I know that's hard for you. I know that sin issue that's going on in your life. I know that pride issue that's going on in your life. God's like, I know. I know. And that's why I promise to always be there and to never leave you. God says, who makes them deaf or mute, who gives them sight or makes them blind, it is not I, the Lord. Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So finally, out of excuses, Moses finally cuts to the chase with God. And he says in verse 13, but Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Finally. I mean, we could have got there a little quicker. We could have got there right away. Moses could have just said, not me, send someone else. But instead, he kind of walks us through what happens for all of us is this like, ramped stack of things that hold us back from becoming holy, that hold us back from those fork in the road moments that would allow us to completely follow the plan that God has for us. See, God comes down from heaven in a burning bush to speak directly to Moses, and Moses' response immediately is insecurity. He says, who am I that I should go? Then it's uncertainty. He says, well, what if they ask who sent me? What if they don't believe me? And then it's fear. And he's saying, I can't do this. I can't speak. And then lastly, it's self-doubt. He's like, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong person. Friends, if you knew how many times I thought that, How many times I've thought you got the wrong person. Yet I stand steady and confident knowing with my feet planted that this is God's plan for my life. How many times Have you sat in insecurity? Have you sat in uncertainty? Have you sat in fear? Holding back from the very plan and path that God has for you. Not saying yes to those fork in the road moments that God is saying, I'm inviting you to be holy, more holy like me. The plan I have for your life is not the plan you have for your life. It looks wildly different. And I'm so tempted to even go as far to say, if you imagined the life you're living now, you're probably not following Jesus completely. And I don't mean that God doesn't plant desires in our heart, he does. But so often the actual path and plan does not line up with everything we thought and we imagined. Because if it did, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need God. And see, here's what God wanted. God wanted a humble servant of Moses to say, I'm gonna be with you. You're gonna be okay. I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna use you. And I'm gonna help you to bring your people out of Egypt. See, God's response to Moses and to all of you today in verse 12, it says, and God says, I will be with you. God says, I will be with you. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna call you to this grand thing. And sometimes we're talking about a really, really big thing. (laughs) He said to Moses, like, go and lead my people out. But friends, we have moments every single week where we're we're, we're stuck in the crossfires of, should I just trust myself or should I trust God and become more holy? Should I do things that are gonna form my character and help me become more like him? Should I trust God in the area of my finances, even though I never have before? How might that carve and and form my character? Should I trust God with the the major, the school major or the career path that I know he's calling me to, but I've been so scared to just go all in? Should I really trust him or should I just keep trusting myself and let fear and insecurity and uncertainty and self-doubt keep me where I'm at. The other thing that God did for Moses is, and if you keep reading in scripture, I wanna encourage you, you can read all of chapter three and four in Exodus, keep reading and and learn the entire story of Moses. The other thing that God did for him is, is he gave him his brother Aaron. He said, Moses, Aaron's on his way. He's gonna help you. And he gave him a staff and he said, use this staff. And so God, along our path, he gives us just what we need to get going. He helps us have just what we need to get going and he gives us people and he gives us resources and he gives us tools to walk the path of holiness, which means we're walking his path, not our own. We're walking in his ways, not our own. And get this, friends. Moses did, in fact, bring his people out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea with God in him. He received the Ten Commandments. He saw things and did things that he never would have if he would have said no to the invitation that God had for him if he would have just stayed comfortable, if he would have let the fear and uncertainty and self-doubt take him out, he never would have experienced the holiness of God himself. And I think more than anything, friends, like yes, our walks with Jesus, they for sure impact other people. Absolutely they do. But I think this Christmas, what's really like stirring in me and stirring through God's word, I feel like as I'm, as I'm engaging with that is that I want us, I want you to experience the holiness of Jesus Christ. And if you have not yet experienced his holiness, it is available as you follow his plan. And it's okay if you're scared, it's okay. You shouldn't know all the answers. It's okay if you're uncertain. It's okay if there's days you wanna quit. It's okay if there's days that you're thinking, send someone else. (laughs) Because even Moses felt that. And yet he became a hero of our faith. And so what would it look like this Christmas for you to take a step of holiness in your home, in your career, in your finances, as you plan for what Christmas is gonna look like for you and your people and your family? What does the holiness road look like? The trusting God over trusting yourself road look like? Let me say a prayer for all of you. God, I thank you for who you are and I thank you for who you are to us. God, I thank you that we have this day and this time set aside where we can hear from your word, where you can make us holy. God, I pray for the the fear and the anxieties and the insecurities and the doubt that might be ravaging many of us here in this room and watching online. God, would you meet us in that? And would you just remind us deeply that you are with us and you are for us? God, we trust you. And I pray that each and every one of us decides to trust you with our our whole life, with their whole life, not just parts of it, but the whole thing. God, would you help us come to know you even more intimately this Christmas season? We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you, that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.